Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Okay, so we're joined here today by Jackie Phillips and Dr. Shauna Jackson. Shauna, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Hi, um, I am a clinical audiologist in Texas at the Callier Center, and I also am a audiology supervisor and preceptor. Awesome. And Jackie? Hi, yeah, this is Jackie Phillips. I am an audiologist, but I currently work for Natus Medical I am the uh, National Key Account Manager and also a Product Manager for uh, the Otiscan. Very cool. Well, I wanted to have you two on today because, you know, as a theme of this podcast is to really highlight some of the new innovation that's uh, occurring within the industry. And um, I love to have, you know, different vendors and manufacturers from the industry that are the, you know, the source of this innovation, but also to get the perspective of the professionals who are using it. Um, And so for today's conversation, we're going to really highlight 3D scanners. I think these are really interesting. I've seen a few, um, but I've never really had a conversation around how these look in the actual practice. And so, um, you know, with Shauna being at the Collier Center and and really utilizing uh, these types of tools, um, I've just found her perspective to be fascinating. And so I wanted to bring these two on to shine a light on how these things look. So Shauna, why don't we just start with, um, you know, how you've kind of started to implement this, uh, these type of, you know, 3D scanners, um, how you maybe even came about them. And, um, you know, we'll just start to kind of go through some of the different things that you really like them, you know, from a professional standpoint and some of the ways that they're resonating, you know, with your patients. Sure. Um, yeah. Uh, how we kind of came about them, let's start there. Um, it was actually interesting. Um, we uh, do a lot of research. Um, on the academic side, not me personally, but um, one of our uh, PhD students was um, formulating a research project. And this was a few years ago during her PhD. And she was asking about like, um, and her and I started discussing ideas of measuring ear canal volume and looking at ear canal resonance outside of your traditional probe mic measures, as well as impressions and to see is there a way that we could like kind of analyze the shapes and acoustics when it came to noise exposure in the ear canal? So it was actually kind of an interesting idea of doing that. Um, And then um, one thing led to another and we started talking about ear scanners and how those were coming available. And we started looking at all the different companies that were just starting to put out um, information on ear scanners, although it wasn't like widely clinically accepted yet. I just got um, really interested in that And then, of course, um, when working for a university, we're always looking to keep up to date on technology, seeing what equipment and tools Mm -hmm. we can integrate both into student training um, to make sure that they're prepared when they leave, as well as making sure that we have kind of the best needs of the patients met. Yeah. So then we we just eventually we decided, like, you know, um, there was an opportunity to go ahead and get one for clinical use and see how it goes, basically. 
Yeah. So, okay. So you guys identified that this could be a good solution. Um, what was it like when you first started using it? I mean, I'm going to, you know, I imagine the traditional method of using like the impression material and, um, you know, the impression guns and so forth. Um, what were some of your first impressions? Was there a big learning curve trying to just understand like how this feels that, that first month or so that you're using it and then where it's, yeah. you know, what it's like now that you've become an expert in doing it. Yeah. And I would say there's definitely, um, uh, a learning curve, just like anything we do, you know, um, any, any tool or resource, you have to learn how to use it properly. Um, we, we went through, um, training and just kind of like how you learn to make ear impressions. Otherwise, just a lot of practice on your coworkers, um, your staff members, your students, <laughs> um, the ear dummies <laughs> that we had laying around clinic. I mean, basically just anything that we could we could scan and get an idea of, um, we did. Um, so that's really was the, but it's it's something that um, kind of like regular impressions. Once you do it, you just get more and more comfortable with it. And um, although much faster because you can do it um, faster and it's less invasive. So you have more volunteers willing to kind of practice with you as well without any um, seeing risk or anything like that. So that's kind of how I, it started. Go ahead. I think to add to that is that it, it's just like Shauna said, it's just like uh, your impressions. You don't learn to take a, a silicone impression in one day. I mean, that's something that you have to keep practicing on and practicing with and practicing with the patients and also with the practice ears, et cetera, that comes with the products. Um, it, it just takes time and practice. But once you get it, it's just like silicone impression taken. You start learning how to do it and it quickly just, it's, second nature to you once you it's kind of like a little bit of a learning curve at the beginning but then you start doing it so much that it, it seems like just like second silicon impressions you can do it in your sleep almost so it, it's like shauna said it takes some yeah. time but then you, you get on but the difference is is that you're not using any material in your practicing you know you could you can make 10 20 30 scans and you didn't use any resources at all you know, besides an alcohol wipe to clean in between, you know? Right. Um, so that's a lot different than, I mean, of course, in a university um, or in any kind of a clinical setting, we're always looking at um, conserving resources. So the nice thing is, is that you can train a lot and use very little resources, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And like Shauna said, the uh, volunteers, when I talk to people, I ask for a volunteer for silicone and nobody raises their hand, but with a, a scanner, everybody's like, everybody lines up and let once their ear scan scan. So it's just, it's easy and painless and fast. Well, that's a good segue because I was going to ask, I, I feel like this is the type of thing that is, um, to Jackie's point, like it, it's actually kind of compelling. It's, it's exciting. And I'm curious, like what has been the, the patient reaction to it? I mean, I can almost imagine people getting excited, seeing something like this and being like, Whoa, what are you doing? This is really neat. Um, and I feel like there's a, an element to that. That's actually probably pretty important to what you've found Shauna with the patient, you know, experience overall. Yeah. So initially, I mean, the initial patient experience is, whoa, what's this, you know, or kind of curiosity. And um, the nice thing is, is I can face the screen directly to the patient. And while I'm scanning their ear and while I'm doing it, they're literally seeing a 3D model build in front of them. And that's just kind of a neat thing to watch, you know, um, just like video otoscopy or some other things that we can make the patient part of the experience. This is one of those items. 
Um, the nice thing about it, though, is there's no discomfort um, per se. Um, you're not, um, well, you shouldn't make <laughs> too much direct contact with them. So it's, it's not um, a really obvious thing, if you will, for that to, um, there to be any negative connotations associated with it. Um, and then furthermore, the patient experience is positive when, when somebody has gone through in traditional impressions and they don't, they kind of know what to expect and yet they haven't really, um, enjoyed the traditional ex, um, impression experience. Think of like your long time, they started out as kids getting impressions, or maybe they have a surgical ear or just, um, any number of things that they haven't had a good experience. And then you pull out this and they're like, Oh, yeah, I want to do that, you know? <laughs> right. So it's been a, it's been a fun experience that just engages the patient, I guess is the best word to use. You know, it makes them a part of the, um, and they know exactly what's going on. Unlike an impression that you're doing it on right. the side and they have no idea like, oh, all of a sudden, I think all of us that have had impressions done know that feeling of plugging the ear, ear up, that little bit of hesitation or <laughs> what is going on here that happens. There's none of that. That anxiety is really calmed down because they're seeing it in front of their face. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that what's really cool about this is that from a patient education standpoint, you know, it allows for you to just extend your value that much more. I think this is going to become an ever increasingly more important theme, um, particularly as you have, you know, all kinds of new avenues of service that become available to people. I think that um, it's going to be in the professional's best interest to um, really uh, emphasize their their expertise and their service. And so everything that you're saying, Shauna, really screams to me like this is a totally um, unique experience that you can really only get at a professional. And I think that's important because I'm imagining you on the screen as you're doing this 3D scan, you know, like they're seeing it and you're kind of talking to them in real time, like this is what we're seeing and this is what's happening. And you're doing that educational piece. Um, and I just find that to be a really interesting aspect to this whole thing that I feel like is going to become just more and more important as time goes on. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, the educational piece is the part that surprised me most, I guess, about doing it. Um, when we got the scanner, we were like, um, you know, great way to make a fast ear mold impression, directly submit it to a manufacturer, get mm -hmm. uh, the process started really fast. Um, you know, reduction of um, material and shipping costs. You know, we we looked at it from a financial and time um, perspective, but when we actually got it, um, I started when people came in and let's say they're having a retention issue with their um, custom product or they're having, um, they insist on using um, a particular device that you're advising like your ear canal really isn't well situated for it. It's so great to be able to just open it up, look at it directly on the screen in front of them, turn it in different ways and be able to show them this is what I'm worried about, or look at the scan and say, you know, this, um, this stair step canal is likely the way that it's moving now in order to correct that. Let's go ahead and add that canal lock. And even though they might not have been really excited about it before when they see this, isn't me wanting to just add bulk to your product. This is the nature of your anatomy, being able to walk a patient through that gives them a lot more validation that I, I know your concerns and I'm addressing your concerns. 
but this is what our limitations are, you know? Right. Um, so we've had far less um, rejection of those ideas when you can really educate and walk a patient through it, you know? And that's what they want to happen too. And that's honestly an experience they can't get on the internet um, right. or through other methods, but that um, a clinician needs to be able to provide to them. Yeah. Well, I think, Shana, you're, you, what you're saying is it's, it sounds like it's realistic expectations are set early on so that when it comes to the product comes in, they open the box, they look at it. It's not, oh, this is much bigger than I thought it was going to be. They can kind of go back to what your comments were when you're making the scan and saying, oh, I get why it's got a little bit bigger here on the canal lock because, as you mentioned, my ears needs this to retain it so I can have a best, the best experience with this product. And it's like they, it's the, the realistic expectations up front, I think is the, is the key thing that you're talking about here. Well, and not only that, but um, exactly. Um, and then um, the actual education as a professional to look at a completely different picture than you previously had. Um, so, because when you take an impression, a physical impression and you send it in, you no longer have that. You know, the manufacturer may scan it in or the manufacturer may have that 3D image or you may have a 3D scanner um, that you can physically take an impression and look at, but it's not the same of being able to take a digital impression right there with the actual, you know, ear in front of you and taking it at multiple angles or multiple different areas and then being able to refer back to it later. So if a patient calls me and says, hey, my right side is really irritated, but my left side's not, and I can look and see, okay, is there a particular angle or pressure point that's different between the two ears or a thing that I can look at as a professional, and it actually educates me more, gives me another piece to the puzzle that I wouldn't otherwise have. Yeah, I feel like that's such a key piece to this, um, is this idea of kind of like creating digital versions. Um because the traditional method hasn't been very conducive to that, right? Like you take, like you said, uh, you take the impression, you send it off to the lab, and then you get the, you know, you get the product back that's fit to those dimensions. But with this, it, it, it lends itself to this whole new notion, I feel like, of, you know, really referring back and seeing, okay, here are like all of my patient records, and here are the different scans that I've been taking, um, so I'm curious, like, can you just give us a, an anecdotal example of this, of um, something that's happened, you know, where, cause you've been, you've been using these 3d scanners for long enough now to where I would imagine you actually have the, the archive and you can refer back to it. I'm curious, like what an example of that might look like. I mean, um, I have several examples, <laughs> um, but probably um, the most obvious is a um, uh, user that couldn't understand why their CIC device on one ear was protruding more than the other ear, um, you know, and um, even, you know, um, remakes and re-impression, um, being able to actually pull up two ears side by side and walk, uh, and um, kind of, you know, they call me, they're not happy, they're not satisfied um, with the product that came out and being able to just pull up those otoscans, look at the two ears without the patient directly in front of me and being able to advise them, this is likely why this is happening. And I can actually even screenshot that and send it to the patient um, so that they can look at it and see side by side what the limitations are. So that's happened a couple of times. Um, the good news is with that is I can offer them to come in and we can take another one just to 
be uh, just to make sure, um, you know, um, or I took multiple scans and I can look at it. So that's absolutely one um, one circumstance. Another one um, I think that is more prevalent right now <laughs> and over the past year than it, it was um, the previous year when we first got our scanner is that I've had patients that, hey, my ear, I lost my ear mold or um, that I previously fit with maybe a dome and RIC technology that um, calls me and the office is shut down or they're, mm. um, they're quarantining or um, in a stay at home state and they're not comfortable coming into the office. I have a scan. Um, I had one particular patient. Um, we fit them with domes. Um, you know, they were successful in March. We went into shutdown in April um, and they called me and, hey, this is working their way out of my ear. I feel plugged up. I'm getting feedback. Um, lots of different issues going on with him. Like a custom product would immediately in, improve his chances of success with the device. And the good news is, is that I had his scan on file. I could send that directly to the manufacturer, get that custom mold, send it to the patient, and then do a telehealth session without them ever coming into the office and correct their issue without coming in and risking their health, you know? Yeah, that's that's a critical point. Um, telehealth, right? Like, I think this is huge for, and like you highlighted, like today's day and age during the pandemic, obviously there's a number of different examples that you have, but I do think that like, this is going to go way beyond just the pandemic into something where, again, you have these files more or less, you have all the information that you need in order to make whatever sort of recommendations or get them what they need, um, as opposed to, I need you to come back in. So again, I think that just, uh, it reinforces your value. And um, I'm curious, like when you have somebody that comes in, are you more or less like, okay, first things first, you know, you're a new patient, let's get you scanned? That's not where we are right now. Um, that's a goal for the future, I would say. Um, our clinic is <laughs> really, um, really busy. And of course, with the extra PPE cautions and the um, increased intake time in general right now, that's not where we are right now, but that is a goal for the future. Um, it's easy enough to do similar to just doing otoscopy, getting an ear scan, you know. Um, for me, Every patient that I do a hearing aid selection on, I try to get an ear scan on as well, though. So if I'm, if they're a hearing aid candidate, they're getting an ear scan is, is my personal goal. Um, because it doesn't take long to do. You don't know what's going to happen with that patient in the future. You may have to make some accommodations. Um, and with the telehealth availability, the nice thing is, is that I can get a lot of things in office day one and then apply it as we need to, regardless of the change in situation. So that's my personal goal, but unfortunately it's not, I wouldn't say it was every patient. I think that would be a lie right now, but it is a future objective um, to be able to do that. And I think, Shauna, I think with what you're mentioning, having the scans on, on at least the, the hearing aid candidates, um, I think it makes them feel more connected to your clinic as well, right? I mean, having, knowing that they're, it makes them feel good to know that their ears on file, if they ever need to call you for something, they lose it or they change their mind on what they're going to have in their ear. I mean, I feel like that's a good way to connect your, your patients. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, one of the other things is um, that we have to consider is the low risk. Um, so for, um, for surgical ears, um, that's a, to be honest, that's a big part of my patient caseload, um, because I do see, um, I do work with tinnitus patients and I work with unusual hearing losses. So I get a lot of, um, I have a lot of longtime patients with surgical ears or even new patients that, um, that there's a certain amount of risk associated with a traditional impression and being able to just have it on file, even if I'm not going to use it right away. Um, and, um, I have it as a backup, um, as something that we can use at any time without risking that surgical or, or that, um, you know, liability risk, um, in the same way. I mean, um, the, I believe, um, during <laughs> my readings and everything, um, the level of risk associated with ear scanning is equal to that of otoscopy, you know? Um, so we're looking at a very low risk criteria for a lot of very difficult patients, adult patients, if you will. Yeah. Again, another just added bonus to this. Um, the other thing that has been, I've been thinking about with this is the whole time savings piece. Um, you know, again, with the traditional method, you take the impression, you got to send it off to the lab and there's all of this lag time involved. It feels like this is just another aspect, probably the most compelling aspect to it is the time savings piece. So can you speak a little bit about that, Shauna, like um, in your experience, what that some of the ways that that's translated, like same day, I'm able to fit somebody with X, Y, and Z. I'm just curious, like what are some of these different time-saving pieces that you've had real experience with? Yeah, so, so far, I mean, we have we have our own ideas of, of future implications when it comes to time-saving. <laughs> However, so far, I mean, if you think about, I take a physical impression, I send it to the manufacturer of my choice. That is, you're looking at at least a one day to three day process by the time they enter it in. The nice thing with an ear scan is I can do it digitally and I can enter it and submit the order within 30 minutes, it's done. Um, now, the other time-saving piece though is your appointment time itself. If somebody's coming in for an ear mold impression specifically, um, it's a, I can make five or six digital impressions in the same time that I can make one impression otherwise, um, because there is no cure time. There is no, oh, I pulled it out and I wanted, um, you know, there was something in the way and I needed to, um, now I have to remake the impression and wait another um, three to five minutes for it to set up, you know? Um, it's literally, I do it, I real time analyze it. I can look at it afterwards. Hey, if I feel like I want to go a little bit deeper and or get a different angle or um, different look at it, I can make another one and another one um, if I need to. But usually that's not really an issue, but I can, you know, and that's the important part is it doesn't take any more time out of my clinical schedule. I guess the, the longest time it takes is to, you know, log into the account to make it, you know, <laughs> um, and that's that's far easier um, than, than the impression time itself. So on a clinical schedule, I would say manufacturer wise, having the impression with the electronic order, um, many of the manufacturers have it so easy that I can just upload my, um, scan element and it actually integrates in with their online ordering system. Oh, wow. So my order and 
their scan is all inputted directly into their system. So if you can imagine how much time that saves between the shipping, the entry, the setting on somebody's desk, waiting for that entry input, and then making sure it's associated before the process even starts, you're looking at um, generally, um, I know with one manufacturer, I can get my impressions back um, with a full product in a, in a week or less, you know, so much, much faster. Yeah. Also, I think the uh, human error on that were a lot of manufacturers told us when we were working with them that the callbacks that they would have to do to customers, if there was a question about the impression coming in and they needed to make a change or they needed to do something different than what the clinician asked for, they'd call back, leave a message, and then the clinician call back, leave a message. So the, this back and forth, so there could be a day or two at back and forth with the manufacturer and that adds time to it. So the manufacturers are saying that callback is, is actually going down drastically with this type of technology. I don't know if you've noticed that too or not. Well, um, Jackie, with the callback, part of that is, let's say they did want, um, I did have a question for them or I'm trying to walk through them. I have one um, particular instance I can think of that um, they just called me and said, you know, if you could get this a little bit deeper, then we could possibly try to, you know, put it deeper into the canal or get around that bend for you. And it's as easy as I don't have to, I can just call the patient, make it the same day and send it to the manufacturer the same day, rather than a longer process of getting the patient in and then taking the new impression, sending it to the manufacturer, then them analyzing it, seeing if that makes up the difference. I can actually just work with them directly, upload it, they look at it, it's a much more um, efficient process while the patient's still in office if I feel like it's going to be tricky like that, you know. Um, now, of course, that just depends on your um, relationship with the manufacturers, but it is a potential um, opportunity for clinics to be able to do and means a lot to the patients to reduce that wait time as well. I'm curious. So clearly there's a lot of efficiencies that can be gained from the manufacturer side. And it sounds like the the whole impression making process with the patient is a lot quicker. Um, so with the patient, what does that result in? Does that mean that they just, their appointment is shorter or does it mean that you can allocate that time differently? And if it's the latter, what, 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 what it, you know, like, what does that allow you to kind of like open the door to, is it, I can have a, a more consultative you know, conversation with the person. I'm just curious, like if, if, if it's a five X improvement in terms of the, the speed or something like that, where, where do those time savings go with the patient? Well, I mean, right now it's hard to weigh that because we're spending so much more time <laughs> in other processes than right. we were a year ago in, in between patients and such. But um, even though we're using the same appointment time, I would say that like, while they're making the impression, remember their ear is still open. So during an impression, you're making the impression and you have five or six or 10 minutes, you know, possibly right. that you can't talk to your patient because their ears are fully plugged. While I'm making the impression, I am talking to the patient the entire time and they are hearing me. Okay. So while I'm doing it live, I get more time with my patient right. while they're and it's more interactive. So you're not shutting them off from the appointment. They're, they're interacting with you, you know? Um, so that's definitely, um, a nice thing <laughs> to be able to do. Um, it does take far less time to actually do the impression. Um, I would say that 
Yeah, it's more adding on to that consultation. Or let's say at the end of your you're running late for your next appointment, it's really easy to say, let me just grab this real quick because I know that I can I can quickly do this and move on to the next patient and not have a huge cleanup process or putting all this stuff away process in the same way that I would with traditional impressions. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, as we kind of come to the close here, I think this has been extremely informative. It's helped me to better understand the value in these types of devices. Uh, in particular, I'm just, I'm excited about these because again, <clears throat> excuse me, it, I think it, um, it continues to add more ways that you can show value. And it's just like you said, like you took what could have been a 10 minute process where their ears are plugged and it wasn't something that people were, you know, particularly excited about to a process where now it's exciting, it's cool. Um, and it allows for you to do patient education. So it, it differentiates you, but it also reinforces your value through your expertise, more or less. So that's, I think, really, really exciting. But I'm curious, like, what have been the things that have surprised you the most about this? You know, I think you mentioned early on um, that, uh, you know, just the telehealth side of things was kind of interesting. You didn't think about that all that much. But I'm just curious, like, in your experience in using these things for a little while, what surprised you? And then as a follow-on, where are you envisioning this, you know, the role that these types of devices will play in your practice? Like what's going to be the evolution and, and what more value can you get out of these? Yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting to think of. Um, to be honest, it's, it's kind of like other equipment we have in our clinic. Um, you know, if you think about Reallyer and where it started, and now what we use it for. We use it for more than just the diagnostic purpose. We use it as part of our routine fitting. We use it for patient um, counseling. For we use it um, to educate family members. You know, later on, um, and that's I think the most surprising thing that I found with ear, um, the ear scanner is I'm using it in different ways with different patients, you know, um, I'm really addressing like needs in a different way. It's just a huge tool in my toolbox in that way. And I thought it was going to be, Hey, I'm going to make an impression and send it to a manufacturer and it's going to save me a couple of days and a couple bucks, you know, um, I, that's kind of where it started. Um, and it's taken on a completely different role in that way. Um, a huge surprise that it's been for me as well is I've actually had you know, family, um, I have a lot of, you know, husband and wives and, um, you know, kids that bring their older parents in, that kind of thing um, that all end up my patients. And they'll say like, oh, um, you know, oh, mom, just wait until you see this. This is really neat. And they'll like okay. actually talk up like how we are on kind of that edge of you haven't seen this before. This is a right. really unique thing. And how that becomes like, and something that patients are actually like looking forward to <laughs> in the appointment or looking forward to sharing um, with others about our office. So I don't think that that can be overemphasized of how important that really is, though, because, again, it, it's a, it, it turns into an experience that people are legitimately excited about. Mom, you haven't even seen this yet. I can imagine that you've had people that have come in because it's like a word of mouth thing where they're like, I, okay, I, 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 I do think I probably have a hearing loss. 
I want to get one of these 3D scans. It's it's just more incentive to get people excited about treating this. And if it takes some kind of futuristic technology, so be it. But I love everything that you said there because I think it all it all comes down to the fact that it's just more ways that you can show your value. Like it's like yes, as an audiologist, like let me walk you through what we're seeing here and people are going to walk away and be like there's a big reason why I should be seeing this person. There's a whole lot of value in the same way that you do with a lot of other medical professionals. So that's what gets me excited about it. And I'm curious, Jackie, to get your thoughts um, on, on this whole thing, because this is the world that you operate in. Yeah, I think something that I've, I've actually seen with, with uh, some of my customers who use this, that they have patients who have held off coming to get an ear mold impression taken because they had a really bad experience. I had a, a, a young man who, when he was a child, had blow by. And he, his ear mold was six years old. It was falling apart. And he, he had a surgical ear. It was a really difficult ear to, to make an impression. And he just refused to come get a new ear mold. And he was not getting the full benefit of the hearing aid with that, type, with that mold being so old and breaking apart. Um, so as soon as his mom found out that the, that clinic had the ear scanner, they immediately made an appointment. And I was there with the, with this young man and the mom. And I mean, it was just almost like tears in his eyes because he said that he, well, he had to have surgery to get the impression taken out when he had the blow by and he just was not going to come back in. And so when I saw, we got the scan done and he said, is that it? Is that all we have to do? A minute of my ear and no pain. I mean, he was overjoyed. So he came in and got a new, you know, got his ear mold based on having this technology. So I think there's a lot of people out there who are not coming in because they're afraid or don't want to have to go through uh, the pain or issues that they have with silicone impression. And I think there's a lot more out there. So, and also I see it as it's going to eventually, like trying to mention other pieces of equipment, it should be part of like best practice in a clinic where you look in the ear and you also have your ear scan because as Shauna mentioned all the other perks to having this, it's, it's something that should be part of the routine evaluation for, for the counseling purposes and many other benefits to it as well. So it's really exciting to see how it's evolving and how Shauna has actually taken it to a new level. Yeah, I love it. I think it's so interesting. And uh, it's just really cool to hear about, you know, these things that are, uh, you know, at the forefront of innovation that's happening, but to, to, you know, I hear about these products that exist, but to actually hear somebody like Shauna, who's been implementing them in their practice. And I, I just think this is so fascinating about, you know, there's obviously value that the professional can derive and there's value that the patient derives. And so it, it really is a win-win. And uh, I think that's just ultimately a really good thing. And so I love these kinds of stories. This is what the podcast is all about is to really kind of understand like, what are these ways that we can as an industry adapt to the changing times? Um, you know, I, I think a big theme about this whole thing is like, what are ways that you can stand apart from these online services, from these new entrants? And for me, it always comes back to like double down on the audiology, double down on the expertise. Um, and if it means, you know, embracing new technology, then, then do it and, and learn from others like Shauna who are already doing it. So um, this has been fantastic. Any closing thoughts here as we wrap? I think um, just to add to your name, um, audiology is it, right? I mean, if you're looking at this ear canal, you, it's, 
you're looking at it with a different ear and different perspective than other people that are looking at this technology, mm -hmm. you know? So it still takes that audiologist eye sure. and that fitting eye. So it's not just, I have this scan and anybody can do the same thing with it. It mm -hmm. still takes kind of our knowledge of what does the acoustics do? What are the limitations from a physical standpoint that I'm looking at? It's still very, very clinically involved. Um, but it's, it's something that you can provide to the patient as a service. Yeah. It amplifies your expertise more or less. Um, yes. so I love it. This has been fantastic. Um, thank you two so much for coming on today, sharing all this. This has been a really interesting conversation. Thanks for everybody who tuned in here to the end and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.